Welcome to the intro to the intro cast called In the Village. It's a prisoner intro cast. I'm very glad you can join us for this very special first show. I am Shane, and joined um, together is with me is Bob, Aaron, and John. Hello. And we this is this is a very very special uh, episode where we'll be discussing. The, the intro to this intro cast, as it were. Me and Bob have actually seen The Prisoner already, haven't we, Bob? Yes, definitely. I saw it when it originally aired. And I, I saw it on VHS, if you can actually remember those things. Well, I actually, years <laughs> later, I bought my first VHS recorder specifically because they were rerunning The Prisoner on the educational station. Mm-hmm. And in those days before DVDs and before Netflix, I had no idea if I'd ever be able to see it again. Mm-hmm. So I bought the recorder specifically to ta- tape The Prisoner. Oh, excellent. Now that was back when they invented the train, right? <laughs> much, yeah. <laughs> and Aaron and John haven't actually seen The Prisoner before. Nope. And you guys have no idea what the the journey that we're about to take you on. Um, I, I've seen stuff of the prisoner. Like there's there's plenty of pop culture references to it. So, but I've never actually sat down and you know tracked it down and watched the prisoner. Cool. Brilliant. So, just just want to quickly dis- discuss with you guys. Um, what do you think the show is going to be about? You want to go first, Donahue, or... Uh... Um, that's fine. Um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of uh, 60s-style automobiles, something about a giant orb, and then a guy who's dressed in black. So, there's that. I, I, I somehow imagine something similar akin to Hogan's Heroes. is the constant escape attempts of some sort, and incompetent guards of some sort. Personally, I know nothing. <laughs> I, uh, I expect somebody to have a constant running line like that. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, good old Sergeant Schultz. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, our first episode is going to be called Arrival. So, what do you think? Arrival means. Um, I'm assuming that someone is going to show up somewhere at some point with something. <laughs> with something, yes. <laughs> it, it, seem, it seems like your basic pilot title, you know. It certainly does, yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, it's going to be re- it's going to be a very very interesting little journey. Bob, have you got anything to say? Hard to say anything that isn't going to be spoilery. Yes, um, I is, will say it? that the prisoner has influenced a lot of shows since. Um, I have been watching Babylon Five for the first time, uh, playing along with an intro cast, and there are an awful lot of prisoner references in there. I've seen a number of them in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 
So it's had an influence, you know, long after it's been off the air. Yeah, certainly has. It certainly has. You're gonna have to show me the Buffy references. Actually, I don't. I can't think of any other off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, well, there a couple I remember right off the top of my head are in the uh, Buffy episode, The Initiative. There is, as they go down into the building, there's a large white balloon, and uh, it, uh, the phrase "be seeing you" comes up a number of times. Oh, okay. Ethan Rain is one that says it. There may be others. Oh, okay. I I didn't realize on that. My goodness. Um, There's a third one I can remember, but that would be too specific to be spoilery. So. Yeah. Yeah, but we've had a tremendous... Um, response actually um, to our to our to our Facebook page actually that time I had a look at it we had fifty four lugs so I want to thank everybody so very very much um, for actually joining the page I'm terribly sorry it's a bit sparse at the moment however it, you know we haven't officially started properly yet so I don't want to spoil any of our newbies however if you join the spoilers group. Um, you will be able to find the link on the main page um, that there is a turn and tons of level discussions going on there at the moment and please join in the fun and of course you can find the page at facebook.com forward slash prison intercast so and you can find the spoilers group link on that page um, but Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this incredibly short intro podcast. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Good day, number six. Number what? Six. For official purposes, everyone has a number. Yours is number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to In the Village, a prisoner podcast. My name is Shane, and... Joining me, as always, is my good friend Bob. Hello. And our two newbies, John. Hello. And Aaron. Salutations. And this week we are covering the very first episode of The Prisoner, Our Arrival. But before we get started with doing all that, first impressions overall. Oh, wrong, wrong tab. <laughs> always the wrong tab with you. It is always the wrong tab. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed it. It was, I don't quite know what I was expecting getting into it, but it was an enjoyable, you know, first intro. I, I feel pretty much the same way. Um, this seems to be a series that's got a lot of layers to it, and it's really something that. Even on just a passing glance, you can really sink your teeth into it. Cool. I, I can cool. give you my first impressions at the time. As I, I saw it when it yeah. aired live. Mm-hmm. And I was used to kind of genre television. I'd seen Star Trek, which was on around the same time, and Twilight Zone reruns. And my impression was I'd never seen anything like The Prisoner. You know, there really weren't anti-heroes at the time, and and number six was sort of really being a dick at times. 
And you mean all the time? Yeah. I think he deserves to be a dick. Yeah, he does. Just a little bit. And also, the thing that I don't think comes across so much today is that this was really in the midst of the whole Cold War thing. So yeah. the idea that you don't know who's running this village or which side it's on or whatever was a was a very major thing at the time. And now we're in the middle of the NSA scare here in the U.S. Hmm. Mm. Mm. It's almost like time is cyclical. Yes. I thought it was a bunch of wibbly wobbly stuff. No, shut up, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll read the TV world synopsis, which we'll be doing every week. Vapor hisses through a keyhole. The occupant of the room passes out and then, returning to consciousness, lurches to the window for air. But it's not the familiar London view he knows so well. His eyes stare out at a village he has never seen before. A beautiful village. Architecturally buzzing and difficult to identify with the sea in the background. Mountains stretching in all other directions. It could be anywhere. Anywhere in the world. Pretty bum, good. Bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good synopsis. I thought. On the synopsis. Mm. On the synopsis, or. Mm. That, that that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, some of the uh, that was that was actually done at the time. Uh, I'm judging by the current things on Netflix, which are over the. Yeah, I don't, don't know if you... Descriptive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's give away the whole plot in the, in the description. Yes. Yeah, so... Opening sequence. That was a pretty dynamic opening. I mean, it... Uh, the thunder coming out of no, nowhere, and then he's, bam, driving that really kick-ass car. Um, just showing the, uh, the cityscape of London going by. Uh, in time with the music, and then when they're, you know, he goes into the office, and he, you know, uh, we're led to believe that he's giving it his resignation, and then he leaves, and then they immediately start erasing his life as he's trying to get back to his apartment. Yeah. There's got to be a better way to, to just cross out his face. There really has to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is for the 60s. They still a teletype, man. I guess. Of course, because uh, before the uh, prisoner, Patrick McGowan starred in an episode, uh, series called Danger Man. Don't know if you guys have heard of that. It was Secret Agent Man in the U. Or Secret Agent in the U.S. No, that's true. True, very true. Uh, the name is there. I haven't seen it. Mm. Uh, it ran for quite a number of years, and they did. They started. It was always in black and white. And they started production of the color episodes, and at that point, Patrick McGowan said, "I don't want to do any more. I've got this other idea." Hmm. So that's huh. where the so that's where the prisoner come from. So is so it, is the prisoner technically a continuation of um, Danger Man? It seems like just a spinoff to me, based on uh, the way that was described. Yeah, uh, it's that's up in the air still. Yeah, there there is speculation on whether this is the same character or not. The character was yeah. John Drake on Danger Man. So. Yeah, and they never do give his name in this, except six. Yeah, yeah. 
that uh, that could be some of, one of the uh, f uh, fans there is is that Danger Man was created, um, and if you if you used uh, John Drake again, you would have to pay the creator of Danger Man. Uh, this is true. So that's one of the fa fan theories, or maybe is John Drake, maybe it's not. Well, I can definitely see um, just with the start of this series, and you know, if if he's coming off a series where he's already playing a secret agent, immediately going into another where he's a secret agent, sort of that you know is you know erased. You could easily see how one series could bleed into the other. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, the third theme music. What do you mean? Uh, the theme music uh, on the opening credits of the third is the actual third theme music. There was two previous um, theme music that were done and disposed of. Hmm. So did did those go to air or were they done all in pre-production? They were done in pre-production. Oh. Yeah. And Patrick McGowan, the star of The Prisoner, and those uh, looked at them and said, "We don't want these." We'll do, we'll, do, we'll do something else. They've, and even this theme music, actually, um, is not the theme music that I was originally put to this. It was much more slow, much less intense. So so how much creative control did Patrick McGowan have over the series? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Hmm. Um... Uh, he actually wrote quite a number of episodes and directs quite a few episodes as well. Yeah, and there are things I can't say without being spoilery. But exactly. But he had definite ideas that, you know, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do this. It's going to be different than many other shows of its type. Yeah. Excellent. Because, um, just premiered in, what, 60... <laughs> Late 60s, I don't remember the exact year. 67 yeah. into 68. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, it, yeah, it first appeared on ITV over here in the UK on the 29th of September 1967. And it first appeared in America on CBS on the 1st of June 1968. Hmm. Well, just given the, the, the political climate of the time... I mean that's that's a pretty ballsy move to describe the government if they are the government as the bad guys. Yep, it was it was yep. really very different from anything that was on the air at the time. So he resigns, goes back to his house, and he is followed by a hearse. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, first off, I just like to say he's got a really nice suit in the beginning of this series. <laughs> I mean, it's all black and very austere. And, um, but, uh, with the, with the hearse that's following him, you know, the, the guy with the top cat, and, um, I don't know, I was just, uh, thinking that that was, um, a little, uh, I'm not sure if metaphorical is the right word for it. I mean, they're, they're literally coming to, you know, kill him and kill his life. 
I just can't see how driving that vehicle is comfortable at all. That, that's all I could think watching that opening bit. <laughs> okay. It was a pretty sweet car, though. I mean, it was—it's a nice collectible car, yeah. But I just—I just could not see how driving that thing is comfortable. Mm-hmm. You're just so low to the ground. Ah, uh, the old Lotus Seven. Uh, then he uh, gets home, packs, and we see pictures of foreign lands. And then he, then there's a hiss coming through the door. Yeah, so he's taking a gas vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, now he'll learn. Next time you pack your suitcase before resigning. Yes. Seriously. I mean, um... Oh, crap. I was going to say something. I forget. Aaron, you take it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I guess it was for the effect, but I, I wouldn't think the gas would be that obviously seen. But it was, it was more for effect there, I guess. Just the fact that, oh look, giant cloud of gas. <laughs> I, I, for a guy that is possibly working, what seems to indicate, you know, some sort of secret agency, he's kind of oblivious for quite some time because that hiss went on for a good couple seconds before it, he so, seems to finally notice it. Maybe that was just my 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 take on it and viewing of it. And you think he could have opened a window or something? You would have thought so, yes. But (laughs) I think when you're passing out, then he 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 wakes up in a beautiful little village. Very picturesque. Um, it looked vaguely Italian to me, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah, the the architecture is the village itself is actually in Wales. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, North Wales. Yes. Yeah, we visited it at one point. We had relatives mm-hmm. in Scotland and took a side trip specifically to see it, and uh, a lot of it is still there. You still see the green dome. You still see a lot of things that are used later in the series. And the the little number six itself is now a gift shop selling prisoner memorabilia. Nice. And we stayed in a a hotel on the grounds. And the TV had a channel labeled local TV. And when you turned (laughs) to that, it was 24-7 prisoner reruns. Nice. Oh, they're local only. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, gorgeous little village. And then he um, walks outside, walks up to the bell tower, and and sees a cafe opening up for business. So he rushes down. And we get the first word spoken in the prisoner. He was asking for a phone, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. And so the the waitress person takes uh, shows him going to the phone, and we get a cordless phone. Yeah. Did they actually have those in the sixties? Uh, not as far as I'm aware, no. 
I didn't think so. I would like to make. I would like to point out that you know all the doors in here were automatic. Yeah. Were they? There were times that I thought they manually opened them, and then the force just kind of. I don't know. It seemed to go back and forth between automatic and manual doors, at least for some of the residences. Mm. I know. I know his door was always automatic. Yeah. And then he goes around and sees that big um, bulletin board. Oh yeah, your village. Yeah, yeah. your village. Yeah. That cab gets there really quick. Yeah. I just want to well, never had a cab get there that quick. <laughs> well, they're local only, and yeah. that's a pretty small village, so... I mean, would you really need to take a cab? I mean, you could just walk. Well, they do in emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's very, very true. And yeah, the, the cab driver addresses him in English and when he doesn't respond in French and then she says that she thought that he might have been Czech or Polish which again, given yeah. the Cold War thing that's really weird. Why would you have people from both sides of the Iron Curtain in whatever this village is? Yeah, he makes mention of that and then she says, oh, we're very cosmopolitan here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm what... Sorry, Bob, so ahead. whatever this is, it's not just like one side imprisoning the other or whatever. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to credit uh, our good friends over at the Village People podcast for this, but uh, the taxi driver was actually played by Barbara Lu Yang, and she uh, was a very, very nervous driver, which in turn made Patrick McGurin a very nervous passenger. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And I noticed that they they don't actually have money. They call them credit union units. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you wonder what did they do to get credit unions? I thought that's what the aptitude test was for. That that was their quote job once they had that finished, but. Mm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, the first UK credit card, actually, was launched by Barclay Card at the end of June 1966. Wow. Huh. So only just over a year before this. Hmm. That might have been a direct reference. Possibly. Interesting, if true. And he, and he goes into the shop... And he asked for a map. Yeah, it's, it's very, <clears throat> a very simplistic map. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, mountains, your village. It's the sea. Yes. The sea. And then he asked for a bigger map. And it's only, and it's we only, have, it's only in color. Which is much more expensive, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's fine, that's fine. For the same map. <laughs> Using more paper. Yes. But they only have maps of the local area. Yeah. No call for anything else. Which I thought was very effective in showing kind of what the village was. I yeah. mean, I, I really love that the village is all, you know, bright pastel colors and, you know 
oompa bands and, and very cheerful on the on the surface. Yeah, um, I'm just going to point that out a little later, but everybody, um, especially in the opening, when he's first going around the village, uh, everybody is in bright colors, and he's the only one in black. Yes. He's the only one wearing any kind of black. Uh, so it just kind of goes to show that, you know, he's the he's the new guy, he's the outsider, he doesn't belong here. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Also, when when he leaves the shop, the shopkeep gives him that hand sign and says, "Be seeing you." Yes. Mm. I miss that. I. Well, you'll get yeah, many other chances right. to see it. Huh? <laughs> the uh, that and comes uh, up a lot. The um, um, on on Babylon Five. Oh, there it is. On Babylon 5, there's a character uh, who's a villain who's played by the same guy that played Chekhov on Star Trek. And he oh. does the same thing. He does the, the hand gesture and be seeing you. Mm. Yeah, Mr. Morton. No, um... Yeah. Bester. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 Hmm. So I take it that, uh... What, was that like a... I wonder if that was an in-script reference or if that was something that Walter Koenig did. Um, I think it's probably in-script reference because there's tons of other prison references. Yeah. Because Patrick McGowan was meant to actually star in an episode of Babylon 5 in his first season. Yeah, there uh, are some very specific quotes from the prisoner in it. So I think it's definitely deliberate. I might have to go and dig out my copy of Babylon 5 now. Mm. Um, then he gets called... Well, then number six goes back into his little home and gets called by number two. Number two. I would like to point out that, that little... Like, when he goes back into his uh, house, apartment, whatever, yeah. there's a little, little, like, creepy card doll. Like, little doll's there and it's holding that little card. It's like... Yeah. Uh, Creepy doll. <laughs> what do you what do you think of uh, R number two? Um, which one? The first one we see? Yeah, the first one we see. Yeah. He seems to enjoy playing around with number six. I mean, he's he's the first one who calls him number six, and then when he comes in, he's like goofing around with all of his little buttons and using his umbrella. And he's obviously a man who enjoys his job. The room he's in just kind of reminds me of you know one of those oh, uh, I'm trying to think what what I'm words I have them. I swear. Are you sure? Uh, I, I I thought I did. <laughs> One of those, one of those rooms you you for the constellation showings. They oh, planetarium. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Just, just how open it was, and just put some seats, laying, look at the ceiling. There we go. I really liked him. I thought he was uh, explaining to Number Six as much as he could reasonably. He wasn't really threatening him. He was saying that you know. 
kind of you're going to be here and you're not going to escape, but you'll you'll get to like it. And uh, I, I quite enjoyed him. Because everybody gets to like it. Except for that one guy. <laughs> Is that the guy with the murder ball? Uh, the guy that gets squished by Rover? Yeah. 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 Can we talk about the murder ball, please? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I, the, the fact that I laughed every time it when... Well, this is jumping ahead now. Yeah, go ahead. When, when Six tries to make his escape, and just I don't know why, but it's kind of hilarious just seeing the giant bo- weather balloon-looking ball just bouncing on him. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> There's just something hilarious about watching that just doing, doing, doing. That was a that, that was a pretty impressive effect. I, I want to know how they they actually got that to stay stationary, you know, with all that high wind. I mean, it's obviously just a balloon. Yeah. But you know, it's they they actually managed to get it to stay still and look like it's a solid object. Uh, very very low tech. For most of it, a piece of string. Oh, string! <laughs> ah. Must have been a pretty long string on the beach. Right? Uh, yeah, because I'm actually looking at a picture of actually them filming that this particular sequence. Uh, it's on the back of the book, which I'm going to be referring to a lot during this particular podcast. Uh, the Prisoner, a complete production guide by Andrew Pixley. And on this... Um, uh, picture you've got them setting up that particular shot and we've got two rovers there and one of them is one of them is actually being held by a piece of string <laughs> nice if it works <laughs> indeed and anyway to uh to backtrack a little bit I would yeah. like to point out that you know we can tell we're in a futuristic setting by the fact that they have bubble chairs yes bubble chairs. yeah you got to love them, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, um, we were just talking about number two, actually. Um, Gary, Do- uh, Gary Doldman, who played number two, uh, the first number two, was actually, suffer- was actually suffering from crap ribs. Really? Which, Ouch. Yeah, which meant his, his um, OB uh, work, his on-location work, I should say, uh, was you could only actually spend two days there. Now, was that right? They replaced him. Yeah, uh, yeah. he couldn't work. Or... Yeah. Because oh. there's a very very interesting scene uh, later on, and we were talking. We just just talked about Rover when uh, we first see Rover, and everybody stops. Yeah, everybody freaks out. Yeah, everybody, everybody stops, and you can see number two having um, got the megaphone. Yeah, he's got the megaphone, yeah. Yeah. On, when it's on location, that is not um, Gary Dolman. What, for the, for the distant shot? Yeah. Hmm. Because he's not there. But as soon as, he, as soon as you get a close-up, that's in the studio, and he's there. Hmm. I didn't even notice that they transitioned from an actual uh, location shoot to a uh, studio. Yeah. So good on you, 1960s. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, when he was initially talking to number two, he does that speech about how his life is his own. 
Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that speech over and over again, and I never knew where it came from. Yeah, those quotes are very famous. They're used a lot of other shows. Uh, Rover itself is another one that's used in in many other shows, and and you've probably seen it without knowing it was a prisoner thing. Yeah. And the episode of Simpsons, actually. Really? Yeah. Catney springs to mind. Yeah. And I've seen it in Buffy where they first introduced the initiative and they walk down into this big government building and there's this huge white weather balloon there. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, in that particular episode of The Simpsons, Marge bursts Rover with a drawing pin. Oh, cool. Oh. <laughs> Um, so, uh, now, um, again, back up a little bit, um, number two makes a reference to, uh, uh, how six will be the death of him. Yeah. Is that foreshadowing in any way? <laughs> that would be telling. Exactly, Aww. yes. No. Exactly. Um. So, oh, um, something I did want to point out when we first see Rover, mm-hmm. um, like immediately after that, after everybody stops and after it eats that one guy, um, he before all that he was talking about how he was never going to do what they want him to, but as yeah. he's talking to Six on the microphone, Six is already doing what he wants him to do. Did anybody else notice that? How he's like, come to the left, no, walk to the left, walk around this way. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's if that's if that's doing what they want him to do, or more if he's just trying to find a location. Like I, I mean, but I guess I can see where you're coming from for that. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. Um, like, like this is like the subtle start, you know, of doing what what they want that want him to do. Yeah, uh, that was just my take. That is a very interesting thing to watch over the series. Is just how successful number two at, is at getting him to go along with what they want him to do. Because it'll vary. I mean, there are times they do better than others, and it's always worth watching. Yeah. I have to keep a lookout. Uh, then number six goes into the labor exchange. Yes, the labor exchange. Yes, which we over here in the UK call Job Center. Nice. Yes. And we and we see that very very weird contraption. What did you make which, of that? Which one? The the one that that basically looks like Lincoln log blocks or the yeah. The one that the labor exchange manager is happens to be playing with, and number six smashes over. He smashes it over right when he asks about politics. Yeah. I'm okay with this. I'm perfectly okay with this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't ask the man about politics. Yes, moving on, considering what I do for a job. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I, I have a feeling what? number six would have smashed it at some point, regardless of what they were talking about. Oh, I'm sure. It, it, yeah, it was that. That was a pretty obvious setup for something for him to break. I mean, it was it was really kind of a Chekhov's gun. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to point out that when they're first walking into the building, there are a couple of signs on the walls, and they're like, "Questions are a burden to others. Yeah. Answers are a prisoner for oneself." oneself. Yeah, yeah. But still, now, makes a happy life. Yeah. 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 Like, don't ask questions. Just go along with what we tell you to. And I, I yeah, love the font that they use. I was looking for that for years at the time. You can put up your own signs there, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I, I eventually found it, so I was able to print up all sorts of things. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And he... Uh, goes back home and meets the maid and is, is not very nice to her. Yeah. Well, when she openly admits that she's a plant, I mean, yes. I wouldn't be too happy with someone who openly admits they're a plant or someone who I obviously thought was a plant because he's pretty pretty suspicious of, well, just about anybody at this point. Well, I think he has the right to be suspicious. Yeah, they did kind of kidnap him. <laughs> Although, you know, hot maid in your house. Uh, yeah. And that back wall rises up so we can see the rest of his apartment. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting point. Why Why was the wall there in the first place? Uh, that would be telling, actually. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with John, though. Hot maid in your house, my first reaction isn't, get out! Yes! <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, let's have a drink. Have a, have a glass of wine. And I like how his I like how his things to do was already filled out for him. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> like arrived, made very welcome. I don't think he's thinking the same thing. <laughs> Tip well, the maid. Well, but yeah. they're obviously send treating, thanks for the flowers. They're obviously treating him really well. I mean, when when you see his apartment this time around, you can see that they've given him the big color map for free. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Bob, you would know this better than I do because you've, you've actually been to Port Marion. But there is no way that the physical location of Number Six's house could actually have his apartment inside. Not, not even close. It's like a uh, a large closet. Oh, nice. <laughs> so basically, they just used it for the door then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were trying to imply that it was a lot of it was underground. Smash the radio. Yeah. Yeah, it's freaking radios. Radios you can't turn off. Yeah. It was it was meant to uh do be very, very reminiscent of a holiday village. Mm. Um like I don't know what you would have it over there in America, but bike buttons for instance, over here. Yeah, uh, like a uh, vacation town. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's, it was meant to have that kind of very, very yeah, overly welcome, you know, feeling. You know, that you get annoyed when annoyed within the first five minutes of actually being there. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And breaking the radio doesn't help because they immediately are sending out a repair crew. Yeah. Exactly. So they so you know you know they're watching him all the time. Yeah. 
Also, you can know you know it's the future because his new play is when the wall opens up. He has lava lamps. Yeah, he has lava That's lamps. That's true. <laughs> I would like to point out that the guy that they sent to repair the radio, the maintenance yeah. guy, yeah, it's the same guy who's gardening later. Yeah, but it's not possible for him to have gotten that far that fast. So do all the maintenance people look exactly the same? Or are we just like using the same extras? <laughs> Yeah, that too. Well, I'm assuming it's the, actually the same guy. But it is the same guy. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frederick Piper. Yeah. Because he's when he, when he runs across the guy who's gardening, he's incredibly he's incredibly shocked that that's the same guy he just left. Mm. So well, do, I mean, it could mean, people look the same. It could be that, or you know, it could be that I think. Um, a little bit later, you know, that he's he's told that number two is occasionally changed. I think, right? Yeah. Just yeah. So I mean, it could be that they do rotate jobs every now and then. What do you think of the um, the supervisor's room? It, oh, it looks like the big board. It looks like almost the war room from. Yeah, just just giant open open space. Yeah, kind of kind of a Doctor Strangelove war room where it's got the whole you know the big desk and then all the people. And, yeah, and, they and the rotate those, like, with the rotating, rotating cameras. Yeah, I sh- I should point out. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but it is the same um, set as the number two's office. That's what I was thinking. I was look. It looked like the same basic walls. Yeah. It, it, they they just did that just to save money. Well, it, it could easily imply that it's in the same building. Yeah. And then we get number two, number six's first. Um, well, I was going to say escape attempt, really, with him being on the beach. <laughs> yes, driving out in the uh, little. Uh, uh, and and the golf cart. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I'm being attacked by cats. Hold on. Okay, no problem. While he's being attacked, while he's being attacked by cats, uh, during that that whole escape scene, I I think I feel like they either copied or didn't cut a one part because you see him going right and then immediately he's going left again while he's on the hill in the in the foliage. That was just kind of like either either they forgot to cut it or they just decided, and eh, no one else will notice it. Yeah. And then similarly. The plant he's hiding in changes back and forth just by looking at the leaves. Mm. I, I I picked up that really weird weird because he's got. I mean, it's the same shot with Rover going down the road, but they were yeah. obviously in a very different shooting location for him hiding in the bushes than when they had Rover coming down the road. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that happens actually uh, uh, quite a bit. Actually, there's actually a sequence later on, uh, which I will point out to you uh, when they do exactly the same thing. Um, it'll be interesting to find actually if you pick that if you pick that up actually. Now, um, it should be noted that at, at the time. People were watching on maybe 17-inch TVs, and I don't think they cared so much about details. 
No. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just, yeah. I'm just noting it because it was something yeah. I, I remember seeing yeah. that, wait a minute, that's a different bush. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, that, as Shane that said, that like will happen reshoot. again. Yeah. 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 It's probably like a reshoot on something or they had to change locations last mm-hmm. minute. Uh, probably just simple behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, they're supposed to be by the sea, but we yeah. never actually see a lot of water. Because uh, there's, there's, there's a big floodplain, but yeah, well, this particular thing was actually filmed at low tide, and they had to rush to actually get it done. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, half an hour, an hour later, the entire hour would just be for the water. Nice. Um, and then he gets attacked by Rover. Boing, Rover boing. Gets the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And an, an interesting behind-the-scenes note before we actually carry on. Um, you you notice uh, Belagia changes. Yeah. And, I think about it, it did. Yeah. And while they were making this particular episode, uh, they wanted to do a lot of stock shots for other episodes. Oh. And he, they had to make sure he was wearing the, what, the right blazer. Uh, Otherwise, the shots wouldn't have matched up. I don't know. So, did they just uh, forget to change it back, or? Uh, no, they've just. Uh, well, the blazer is him being in the village and in, well indoctrinated into the village more than anything else. Wow. No. Because he's not himself anymore. Yeah, because they did take his clothes. Yeah. And then they burned them. Yeah. For reasons. Yeah. Because immediately after he gets attacked by Rover, he wakes up in the crazy hospital. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. A lot, of, a lot of the stuff in that hospital was frankly kind of disturbing. Yes. The, just I mean, the red just light like, room. Yeah. yeah. They're just out and out brainwashing people. Yeah. You kind of see the. You start to see the darker side uh, of what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, because they they make mention that he knows something, mm. and they never say what he knows. Also, yeah. you know, at a hospital, it's super high tech because they're using punch cards. Yes. Oh shit, punch <laughs> cards. Yes. Oh man, punch cards. I always love seeing that stuff in these old things punch cards and tape reels and all that sort of thing. Yeah, real, real yeah. transfers. <laughs> the future. Today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and. Number six sees Cobb on the bed. Yeah, one of the few characters that actually gets named in this series. Yes. So far, I guess. Yes. There'll be other episodes, there'll be other characters that are named down the road, but we won't talk about them until we get there. <laughs> now, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if anybody else um, got this impression, but I got the feeling that Hobbs and him didn't work for the same side. Because he mentions that he was uh, in Germany, but you know he doesn't say what side of Germany. And it seems like um, kind of later when they're talking about um, they're talking about him after he you know quote unquote died that you know maybe they weren't exactly on the same side and they were sort of you know had a mutual respect through competition kind of thing going. Oh really? I thought they worked for the same agency, but just dead station different places that's what I thought 
that's 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 the um, that's the implication. Yeah, they are both who work for the British government. That's that's a very well, that was totally wrong then. <laughs> well, that's, that's an interesting theory which I've never heard before. So, that's the entire point of this podcast. What? I what have to. I don't think they ever tell you anything more about it, but I got the impression that they were both working for the British government at the time. Yeah. So I'm just wrong. Never mind. I have to get. Um, no, we like go- theories. Sorry. We yeah, we do. Theories are really, really good on intro casts. Right and wrong doesn't even matter so much. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Alright I have to give I have to ask you you guys opinion on the bold guy in the room just doing a bit of um I was gonna say for lack of a better term, singing. Vocalizing. Okay? Uh, yeah. That was kinda creepy. Yes. That was, that was really, it was like, is is that one of the guys that, you know, they were trying to, you know, pump for information and they just broke him completely? Uh-huh. Or is that, like, part of their indoctrination process? I thought it was, you know, you know, because later uh, the girl mentions to him, you know, that you only have a finite amount of time before, before they just kind of force it out of you. And that's where I thought that guy might have been at. Uh-huh. He, did, he, he might have just been suddenly, all right, we, were, we pushed him hard enough that we finally just broke his brain. Lovely. <clears throat> yeah. We find that Copper's quote unquote died. We never actually see him die though. No, we don't. No, we I don't, think but I think that was kind of a um again another Chekhov's gun for the very end of the episode. Because, mm. you know, you you don't see him die, he's just gone. When there's uh, no body six gets Where's back. the body? Yeah. Yeah. You moved uh, the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. <laughs> uh, he guesses number six. Guess given all of his identification paraphernalia, and Which he kind of immediately throws away. Exactly, exactly. His hat, his badge, yeah. and runs back into the green dome, and we meet a new number two. Dun dun dun. Yeah, that that uh, you know now now learning that you know the original actor broke ribs and couldn't continue with the shoot, that um, I'm not sure if it really changes my perspective on that, but that kind of came out of nowhere as far as the episode goes, because mm. you know we got we're we're just getting introduced to everything here, and then boom, they're already changing what seems like a major character. Mm. Yeah, for plot reasons, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It was you know. Well, you didn't get results in the first half hour. You're out. Yes. Man, what's the turnaround in this place? Jeez. <laughs> it's worse than Geico. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, what's happened to the old number two? Has he just been reassigned somewhere, or has something more sinister happened? Yeah. You never know. Because what we've seen so far, you don't actually know, do you? No. Um, that that raises an interesting question. I mean, if they're if they're this is basically like a um, it's basically like a lab to pump people for sensitive information mm. so it begs the question are all the like are the inmates running the asylum yeah 
know, is is every person that's important actually getting uh, information taken from them by somebody else? Yeah. Is there somebody on the outside? Yeah. Hmm. Just we've only seen number two so far, not number one. Correct. Who is number one? Who's number five, to be exact? <laughs> what about number seven? Who's that guy? <laughs> there's a yeah, very very interesting list in the spoilers group actually. Who there's um, every single time a number appears, uh, we we actually have a running list. In the spoilers group, so really, yeah. Well, that's another reason for me to avoid the spoilers group. Yeah. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> and then we see the graveyard sequence. Wow. Where we have snare drums playing, but no snare drummers in 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 the group. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like, <laughs> so that, like, who's playing the drum? I was, like, I was like, we got a bass drum, but where's the snares? I think that only bugs me as a musician, just, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a major thing, but it's kind of just, where is this coming from? Uh, yeah, because this was actually scheduled to be the first thing ever shot. Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, um, Rain playing the scene so they actually uh, they decided to remount the following day and do something else now, was there any particular reason why they were going to shoot this uh, this one sequence first probably just the easiest thing actually I feel like the band only knows that one song yeah because I swear that's the same song they played for the for later and earlier, and it's like, do we just know the one song here? Mm, they might only know the one song. <laughs> I guess it's possible. Possibly, yeah. Because what we're what we're actually this scene at the bandstand was actually one of the first things shot because it's a um, it's turned into a very very overcast day. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. And then he runs into that girl. Is that number nine? Who was, who was she? I'm not or sure if they her number was. an identification. Oh, she's got it on her, because everyone has one. Yeah, number nine. Okay. Because everyone has a number. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And... And then he... Then we we see them playing chess. Oh, there was a bit. There was a bit before that. Oh yeah, of course. Sorry. Because uh, he really kind of grills her as to what she knows. Oh yeah. And is, and can I really trust you? Yeah. Can you really trust anybody? Yeah. On, uh, on the on the um, stone boat. You, you mean? Well, yeah, well, that was during the concert series. I thought. Well, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. that's true. That's true. Cause yeah, because there's there's cause... the there's the funeral, jump to the concert series. Yeah, talk about the the you know there's I have a way. Yeah. Wait, you and then 
Yeah, then if we see him playing chess, then they're on the strong boat. Yeah, because uh, she was supposedly in love with Cobb. Yeah. Um, and then Cobb went and died. Poor yeah. Bastard. Mm. Yeah. Air quote, air quote, died. Yeah. But she doesn't know that. <laughs> no. Um, then he goes to the helicopter and uses the electro pass to get aboard the helicopter. Yeah, before while he's being menaced by Rover. Yeah. Yeah, and if you and if you look very very closely, I was I was just saying about a uh, uh, us. Uh, we were just talking about uh, scenes that seem to be filmed in a different location. Those scenes and uh, those scenes actually in the helicopter were actually filmed in a different location and actually were a deleted scene from another from another episode. Really. So they just uh, spliced it into this one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because you can you can see it goes from a quite a, um, quite a nice day to quite a dark, dank day, and also the background doesn't match up either. Hmm. But we'll well we'll tell you what episode when we get there. <laughs> Tease. Exactly. <laughs> and we think he's escaped now I, I would like to point out that uh, number two's assistant seems to be able to do just about everything yeah I mean, he flies a helicopter he makes drinks he serves breakfast yeah very short man the butler yeah the butler, the butler yeah also you know when he's when he's running down to uh, get to the helicopter there are cameras everywhere in this place yeah big brother is watching you always indeed mm. indeed um has anybody got any uh anything more to say um but I, I think the one of the big questions I have is why is why is number six important Okay. Why are they going through all this trouble of trying to find out what he knows because he tried to resign? Yeah, I, I, I definitely with you on that one, uh, John. Just, just what, what is, what is so great about number six, and could he really have been that important, or what caused him? Even, I mean, this is because they kind of ask about it. You know, what, what changed his mind? What? Why did he resign? Because he seems pretty, pretty flustered about it in the very beginning of the episode. You know, why did he change his mind? Hmm. Yeah, and anytime I mean, anybody mentions politics, he either immediately changes the subject or lashes out. Yeah, I was a little surprised that they let him get as high up in the helicopter as he did, because that yeah. gave him a really yeah. good view of the village and the surrounding area. And that could be very useful information to him if he's trying to escape. Oh, but they know there's no way he could escape. So they 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 give him that, you know. All right, here you go. We're gonna we're gonna make this quote mistake by letting you see all this when really there's no there's no hope for you. Mm. Well, you know, 
I mean, think I mean, they let no him keep... hope, hope for him might be just arrogance. Well, I mean, they, they say the same thing. Let him keep the watch. Yeah. You know, to remind him there's there is no escape. Yeah. So, I mean, you could be right. They just It's part of their arrogance of, oh, yeah, there's no way he can escape. Yeah. Um, part of um, part of the inspiration came from research into World War II, uh, where George Markstone, one of, one of the uh, producers, uh, that so some people have been incarcerated into a resort-like prison called Interval Lodge. Basically, a place in World War Two where people. Uh, people who resign were sent there, given some pocket money, to make sure they didn't defect. Hmm. And that was actually, that was actually a real life place. See, that's even more creepy. There really was a village. Mm. <laughs> Not like this, obviously, but you know. Well, I mean, th- there there is a village, but this is more for mentally uh, people with dementia, and that's another topic entirely. Yeah. Actually, something I did want to bring up is at the very end, where they're uh, they're turning around his helicopter, and um, yeah. Nine is playing chess with the old captain. Yeah, yeah. And he looks at her and says, "We're all pawns, my dear." Yeah. So, you know, they. I mean, did did they really want him to get the watch, the whole time, just to show him that it's futile to try and escape? Basically, yes. I thought so, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, because... What do you, th- you think of a plan? Of the village? To... To um, show him this... Uh, show him, to show him this escape route, but take it away from him. <laughs> I did carrot and stick. Carrot and stick. <laughs> That, that's kind of what I got out of it. Just aha, you can do it. Ah, uh, no, no, you can't. Sorry about that. They just, they just, they, they finally got their, their, their one up on him. I think because you know this whole time they're trying to get to them and he's just being a stone wall. And they're just like, all right, fine, we'll let you have it your way. Except we won't. Well, yes. It's the whole lift you up to break you thing. Yeah. And I think they're also trying to demonstrate that you can't trust anybody. That anybody you think is helping you escape is actually probably in on it. Yeah. Indeed. Have anybody got any more notes before we move on to ratings and feedback? I have one thing which is unrelated. And Take it, Bob. newbies should avoid this. But... The Prisoner became a very popular computer game in the 70s. Um, It was designed by a company called Eduware, and it ran on old computers like the Apple II. And it was a a very successful game, despite hideously primitive graphics. It was just like ASCII characters. But it really sort of captured the the feeling of the series. Uh, They later did an update, The Prisoner 2, with slightly improved graphics. Uh, but if you've seen the whole series, this is something that you can actually find online and still play. Really? Really? Yep. Excellent. 
Excellent. I'd never actually heard of that, Bob, so I'll, I'll definitely be looking online later on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, John and Aaron should wait till they've seen the series, just in case. I mean, there isn't anything horribly spoilery, but just, you know. Yeah. Names of what buildings are, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for listening to our rambling for the past hour, but we'll take a little break to play this lovely for this lovely podcast, and we'll be right back with our ratings, our feedback, and what we'll be reviewing next time. You think your show is safe? It is an illusion, a comforting lie told to protect you. Enjoy these final moments of peace, for I have returned to make a podcast. Welcome to First Contact, a Star Trek The Next Generation intro cast. Cadet Alex Newsom reporting for duty. Permission to come aboard and be keen, sir. I actually think they nailed down Picard's quite well in the pilot. That's it. I am done with Star Trek. This is terrible. It's almost as if we're saying they're uncivilised. It was fortuitous that we did our worst that early on. And what sort of game are you looking for today? Would it be mental, physical, mystery, or... Geordie, I mean, as we know about his character, he is blind. Is Geordie blind? I, I didn't he, know that. He is. <laughs> First Contact, the Next Generation intro cast. Available now at thespoilers.com and on iTunes. I can't think of anything that could really be quite so against what I take to be the the core idea of Star Trek. Hope you enjoyed that advert, and please check them out. Um, whatever that is, I don't actually know yet, because I haven't edited the, edited the episode. But anyway. Um, so, feedback. We've got two pieces of feedback this week. First of all, first off, we've got a voicemail done uh, by Will of the uh, Down Below Babylon 5 intro cast. Hello, villagers. This is Will. I just wanted to leave you feedback for the first episode of The Prisoner. Hope this reaches you in time. Well, I had heard of The Prisoner, I guess, when that miniseries aired with uh, Ian McKellen and Jim Caviezel. But it wasn't really on my radar to watch until I started doing the Down Below Babylon 5 podcast plug. And I started hearing about all these references to The Prisoner. And I think even an actor from The Prisoner was on there. So when I heard about this podcast, I decided to give it a try. And, you know, for the first thing, I wasn't expecting it to be in color. For some reason, I thought it was a black and white TV show, but that was great. And. It looks really good on Blu-ray, considering the time. Um, you're just watching the show. Got into it really quickly. It didn't take didn't take long to hear the first "Be Seeing You," but yeah, that was pretty cool. And um, it seems like this is going to be the kind of show that I enjoy. I like a good serial with a mystery. Uh, been looking for something to get into like that, especially with shows like Lost going off the air. Um, yeah, I like the little cell or cordless phone thingies they talk on. Do they invent the 
cordless phone or something. Maybe I've been watching too much of Briscoe, always looking for coming things in TV shows. But I really enjoy the episode. I like the. I'm very curious to see what happens next. I like the little twist at the end with the the guy still being alive, wondering what's going on, who his employer is. But yeah, I can't wait to watch more of the show. I can't wait to listen to the podcast. I will talk to you later. Or should I say, be seeing you. Cheers, Will. Thanks for that. It's very, very kind of you. And we've also got an email from Dan Wilson. And Dan writes, Whoever created the prisoner apparently had an access to an interesting cocktail of drugs, and I'm glad. It made for an entertaining mix of paranoia, psychedelic imagery, and created fantasy. The intervening 47 years have somewhat bridged the gap between the dystopian nightmare of 1967 and the grimmer aspects of reality in 2014. Although my village seems to be more creature comforts, the legal or extra legal limbo it inhabits resembles today's black sites like Gintamino Bay, Camp Axray, and Bagaram. And we now have a and we now have a ward ward now drone for helicopters flown by remote control. The creepy white sphere appears to run on what we now call drone technology as well. Number six is having one hell of an exit interview. Dan W. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. Cheers, Dan, for that. That also goes to, you know, everything that we think is fantasy yesterday is becoming true today. And, you know, what's true, what's fantasy today will be true tomorrow. So. Indeed. Thank you for the feedback. And where can they send feedback to? They can send feedback to the prisoner introcast. That's all one word. The prisoner introcast at gmail.com. So, uh, ratings. Uh, I think we should let our newbies go first. Oh, yeah. And well, as, sorry, Bob? I, I think newbies should always be first in you yeah, know, definitely. the discussion is in general, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And Aaron, you, you are uh, alphabetically, alphabetically first. Oh, I'm so blessed to have a double A name. Yes. <laughs> uh, out of ten, my friend. Out of ten. Okay, we're going to give it a ten. Um, I give it eight rovers. Um, it just, I, for me, I think at times it just kind of, I, I, I know it's a, it's a, it's an intro episode, so I'm never going to give anything an intro episode a full ten out of ten, because that's just how I am. But uh, it was really good. Uh, did have a couple slow moments, but it's it's you know it's definitely an intro, you know kind of introduce sort of introduce the main character and the setting, but definitely leaves a lot of questions of why why am I here? So it definitely kind of definitely tries to hook 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 you in and at least to hook me so far of staying for oh why what what's so important about this character must find out give me more. Right. Now, John? Uh, 1 to 10 scale, huh? Yeah. Um, I will give it a 7 rovers. 
just to you know, go along with Aaron. Okay. Um, uh, if we're doing one to ten, a true one to ten uh, scale, five being average. Yeah. This is definitely above average from you know other stuff I've seen. Um, it's got a good premise. It leaves enough breadcrumbs to where you want to pick it up and you want to see where this goes. Um, even just from this first initial in, uh, episode, you can tell there's a lot of layers here. Mm. Um, there's, um, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to pull it all off, but you know, I, I, I really like to see where this goes. So, number seven. Cool. Uh, well, I was blown away by this at the time. I'd never seen anything yeah. like it. Um, I won't give it a 10 because it's not my favorite episode. There are you know, episodes I like better, mm. but I, I was totally hooked by it the first time I saw it. Loved the character, loved the village. Um, I'll give it a 9 out of 10 local maps. Uh, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this episode. What I do on these sort of shows is rate it in relation to other episodes in the series. So if my so if any point um, my episode seems a bit weird, that's what I do. However, I do actually love this episode. It's actually it is one of my favourites myself. Um, so I'd have to also give it eight. Um, Eight BCs, um, but yeah, I uh, I love this episode. It's not my favorite, but we'll get to that in a while down the road. But overall, a great episode. And what we were, and I bet you're wondering what we'll be watching in a fortnight. Yes, uh, Dance of the Dead. So, so, any ideas of what that's going to be about? Um, does it have anything to do with Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I was, I was, yeah, good. well played, John, well played. <laughs> that would be so cool to have a Mexican celebration in the village. Yeah. It's their obligatory Mexico or Halloween episode, you know, and they go all Mexican. You know, they get the little candy skulls everywhere. Yeah. Suddenly, Mexican suddenly, suddenly the band plays more mariachi. <laughs> <laughs> so, any any uh, theories or? I of uh, Dance of the Dead. Ah. Uh... I'm I'm gonna gonna have to think that it, it revolves around something. What happens when someone dies? Like, does anybody actually die other than like you know what? Obviously they have the Cobb thing, but what about someone else? I, that's what I'm guessing. Maybe. Yeah, there there was the guy who Rover ate when we first saw him, and we never did find out what happened to that guy. Well. Cool. Well, we'll be back recording in a fortnight from uh, from here. What I'm actually going to do, uh, I've said I've said it to everyone else off air, but I'm going to say it on air as well. What we this episode, this show is going to be coming out fortnightly. So what's going to happen is we record on a Sunday. I will I 
we release it on the following Saturday, then we I put the feedback thread up the following day on the Sunday, then we come back a week later. So from from when from when you will be hearing this, we'll be recording one week from tomorrow. And for our American audience, a fortnight is two weeks. Two weeks. weeks. <laughs> yes. How long are you planning on staying on Mars? <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> and what is the Facebook group? Uh, the Facebook group is facebook.com forward slash uh, prisoner introcast. And I will give the email address out one more time, which is the prisoner introcast at gmail.com. And b- before we go, uh, I want to give a massive, massive thank you to the band Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My, oh my Darling, uh, who let us use the uh, music for our opening theme. Yes, thank you. you. Yeah, it, it means a lot to it means a lot to us. It really, really does. Um, if you want to hear more of their uh, music, you can actually find them at Do Not Forsake. That's what all one word. Do Not Forsake dot com. And they also have music video on YouTube. Yeah, they certainly do. Yeah, we could probably put that in the show notes or something. Mm. Do we have show notes? I'm sure we will. I'm sure I'll be writing a few out. Yes, yeah, so yes. Information in the show notes, people. Yes, exactly. Look in the show notes. Look in the show notes. <laughs> but um, we will see everybody in a fortnight. So, cheerio, everyone. Be seeing you. <laughs> <laughs>